What is up, wrestling fans? Welcome to a double dose of the Smart Out Moment Smack Talk podcast. We're bringing you episode number 551 of the Hot Tags combined with the next pay-per-view point edition, which is the AEW and New Japan Pro Wrestling Forbidden Door pay-per-view predictions. It's coming up this weekend, so... Not only uh, do we have a lot to break down there, but we have some hot tags to talk about. And instead of doing two podcasts, the way that this week is, this makes more sense to do just one. Uh, tomorrow's my birthday and uh, just recording schedules and everything. This is going to be much more efficient, despite the fact that it's going to be a little bit messy on that side. But we'll get into that when we get into it. What we're going to do here is talk about all the things that we're normally going to talk about in our hot tags and our pay-per-view points. So you should be... Chime in with your thoughts in the comments below. Tell us your thoughts on the hot tags. Tell us your predictions when we get to the pay-per-view stuff and everything else that you want to talk about. While you're over there, hit that like button. Hit that subscribe button if you haven't done that already. That way you get notified of things that get up on the channel, especially if you click on that email notification alert. And if you want to help us out on the monetary side of things, there's a couple things that you should be aware of that you might not necessarily, which is, of course, there's the Patreon, patreon.com slash smartoutmoment. There's also the join button. If you click on that, you get access to the members only content on the site, on YouTube in particular for this channel. You got the dark cast here. You got the pick your poison like last week. I think it was last week when we did it. Yeah. With uh, Frankie's pick your poison. Thank you again for that, Frankie. And uh, you got the T-Publican Redbubble shops. If you want to pick up some merchandise shop, um, merchandise shops. Yeah. If you want to pick up an entire shop, then you can order that one. It wouldn't surprise so me at this point. Buy all the merch. Give us all the money. <laughs> And then open up a little shop and resell it or something. (laughs) Yeah, the uh, little tip jar thing, the thanks button is the other thing to do if you just want to, you know, kind of pass a couple cents or whatever our way. I think there's no limit on that. You might be able to just put like a quarter in there or something. It might be a dollar limit uh, at the very least. But Super Chats coming up this weekend, too, if you are able to join us live for the post show for Forbidden Door. And, of course, if you can't help us out on the monetary side of things and you want to help us out elsewhere, hit the share button. Pass us around. Let people know about the podcast and, you know, spread the word. But uh, spread your words in the comments while we do that here. Who are we? I'm your host, as always, Tony Mango. Joining me, as always, are Callum Muggins. I took a a while to get around to this. And Robert DeFelice. Oh, we're going double or nothing, baby. We are. uh, We're going all out. Uh, and decked up in full gear. I don't know about revolution. It's going to be a revolution. Uh, so uh, we will open the forbidden door a little bit later on and talk about that. But first, we're going to talk about the hot tags of this week. Now, traditionally, we've been doing this on Friday afternoons and tomorrow is Friday afternoon. So forgive us if something crazy happens tonight or whatever. But uh, at least for now, we got a couple things to talk about. One of them being John Laurinaitis has been placed on administrative leave and his company cell phone's been shut off, supposedly. So this is, of course, a byproduct of the situation that happened last week, which you would not think would be a big deal if you looked on Smart, uh, Smart, on uh, SmackDown or on Monday Night Raw, considering Vince McMahon's just like, hey, I'm here. See you later. <laughs> and... Uh, it's coming more and more likely that Laurinaitis is going to be maybe the one and only fall guy that they're hoping to can and just be like, all right, it's his issue. It's not Vince's or at least that's what's happening now. Well, 
Laurinaitis is out. Pritchard has more power. I I think based on the Fightful Select report, many people are happy that Laurinaitis is out. And given the way things changed once he got back in, I can't say that I would necessarily blame them. Wasn't there another report that was saying that other people were upset about it, actually? There were, I believe the way it was phrased was that they were concerned with the fact that, oh, Pritchard just has more duties, or maybe this will mean things will change on the creative end because he won't be in control of it. But it was nothing. I didn't see anybody being like, oh, Johnny, don't go. (laughs) I didn't see anything like that. I think the thing that I had read was people were concerned that since he is the go-between between Vince and creative, that it was just going to make that a little bit more difficult or something, but... I'm sure that there's naysayers one way or the other people that would prefer to work with one or the other or neither or both or, you know, that's a, it's definitely more on the plate of Bruce Pritchard. So less likely that we're going to get any more episodes of something to wrestle. That's for sure. Well, I want to tie tie that into also this. There was a report yesterday from John Pollock of uh, post wrestling that, Triple H showed up at the Performance Center, and while we don't know what he said, the gist of it was, I'm back. What are your thoughts on that? Triple H potentially just being back in charge of NXT. Maybe he's going to, you know, take control of the talent relations end again. I don't know. Fucking hope so. <laughs> good, God, that's good news to me. And also good news that he's working. I mean, obviously it would be good if he's back in a position of some power based on what the previous NXT was. I just don't know what he could do to rectify this current NXT other than say, well, let's go raid the indies again because these guys can't, aren't doing it for us. So, but that's that's usually what, well, that's the approach that he took beforehand. So unless now he's got a lot, bunch of very green people to work with, see where that takes them. But an interesting thing, especially with, well, with the Laurinaitis thing, that's just half of the course there had to be somebody that has to take the fall for this and it's not going to be Vince McMahon because Vince McMahon is reveling in his beloved audience who don't seem to realise that the situation that he's found himself in and are seemingly congratulating him for it and Vince is very comfortably taking all of those accolades and yeah, the ratings are also rectifying, also illustrating that this has been a positive thing as well. Because again, we don't go too deep into ratings, but suffice to say, Raw and SmackDown have gone up significantly in the last past week, and even NXT got a ratings boost last night as well to give the suggestion of yeah, people really like it when there are scandals in pro wrestling. <laughs> Fail upwards. Yeah, you know what I mean, like Vince, and I'm very interested in SmackDown because let's just talk about it. Vince came out on Raw, unannounced, just to go, hey, John Cena next week, see ya, and the place fucking blew. And it's just like, wow, no matter what anyone says, what anyone thinks that they say about Vince, that man comes out and you're eating out of the palm of his hand. Doing the bow down thing and all that too. Yeah, like you're eating out of the palm of his hand. So you can't be like, you can't hold yourself to too high of a moral standard when it comes to Vince because you love the guy clearly. And realistically, if it turns out that, okay, we're we're not going to let him back in a corporate capacity, 
who's going to tell him he can't oversee creative? And if that's the case, does he just win? <laughs> I mean, that's kind of what happens. I mean, again, we, we, we're not going to go into the depth that we talked about it uh, last week, but... Yeah, he do- He will just win because that's what Vincent Man does. Well, real, like realistically, he's seventy six. You wouldn't have to do, you know, corporate meetings or sponsorship meetings or whatever, and he could just go, "Hey, I'm gonna oversee creative like I always did. See you later." Uh, I I just want to know how he keeps winning despite massive failure. That's how the way the world works. <laughs> yeah, that's that's yeah. It's just some people just get it better than others, really, and they can. There are certain level of mistakes that people are willing to either overlook or won't bring a certain person down when they would, even if someone did half the things that someone like a Vincent Man is report alleged to have done, would be in serious serious war and probably potentially facing a jail sentence. But you never know. Mm. It's uh, it's just, you know, what's going to happen is that this investigation is going to take place. If it's an internal investigation, it's probably going to come out of like, oh, there are two sides to this. Like, oh, there's some there's something that's uh, there's something that probably went wrong, but it's not enough to really put him out of his position. He'll return guns blazing. Say that uh, another opportunity to try and bring me down from within just makes me stronger. With every time you try and knock me down, I become more powerful than you could possibly imagine. And then he imagine. releases a documentary on the last time they did this, and he releases a book. Yep. So by that <laughs> rationale and that uh, line that he would be saying, that means that Vince is not going to ever actually pass. He's just gonna. You're gonna see his clothes uh, fall, and he's gonna become a force ghost. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. He's going to do that. He's going to put his brain inside a robotic McMahon, and he's going to li- live forever. If anyone was going to do the Futurama Nixon in real life, it'd be Vince. Anyone else, you mean, other than Disney? <laughs> well, no, yeah. I mean, like, literally, head in a jar, body on a robot, and he's still going. <laughs> random side note for a fanboys anonymous tie-in but i saw this one thing it was a conspiracy it said um the reason why they decided to make a movie called frozen was because if people google disney frozen that'll come up with the movie and that'll stop people from thinking about walt disney being frozen which i was like come on (laughs) fucking ridiculous but uh yeah i mean that's a that's a story um what else have we got this week uh jordan definitely got renamed he is going to be in uh, NXT 2.0, not as Rip Fowler as we were assuming, but JD McDonough, which uh, eh, could be worse. <laughs> At least the, the JD. JD. Yeah. He keeps the JD, yeah. which makes it make more sense. It's fine. Yeah. It, it's it's a it's a nine. It's a, an Irish sounding nine. Yeah, and it, it, you this one it can play off at least a little bit more of being like uh mcdonough's like a family name and i'm jordan devlin mcdonough and i don't we don't have to talk about it instead of it being like i am now alba fire and i light my bat on fire or yeah, i'm katana chance because fuck whatever <laughs> you know if he's gonna have to cut promo to say my name is jd mcdonough because i'm mcdonough beat you up 
<laughs> I, I am expecting some McDonough puns. Maybe they can have like, uh, you know, the in-ring promos. We have like, you know, uh, Miss TV and Carlitos Cabana and Piper's Pit and all that. We could have like McDonough's and it's um, like the McDonald's logo. <laughs> it's it's a fine enough name, you know, whatever. It's it's the least offensive of these renames. Yeah. I don't think that anybody else got renamed recently or any kind of trademarks or anything this week, right? I know I saw there actually was one trademark. It was like Hank Williams or something fucking bland. I don't remember. Hank something. Yeah, there were there was a couple of trademarks. One of them is the SmackDown Lowdown, which is yeah. the new name for uh, Talking, Talking Smack. Smack. I guess they're getting rid of that because A&E is going to have Smack Talk. So they want Smack Talk and Talking Smack and the SmackDown Lowdown. I actually kind of like the... Uh, Smackdown lowdown better, but the fact that they had raw talk and talking smack, that made sense. Of course, nobody's fucking watching it anyway. So who cares? <laughs> um, yeah. Hank Walker and miles born and miles born, I think popped up on level up or something. I forget. I don't know. I didn't watch it, but what a bland name. Hank Walker. Yeah. Could be worse. Could be Brighton Walker. Yeah. Well, at least uh-huh. that guy's gonna knock somebody's teeth down uh, their throats or whatever he had said. <laughs> He's gonna knock your brains out. Knock your brains. Yeah, that's what it was. Okay. Yeah. Um. What else we got going on? We got uh the Ric Flair uh, match is going on now. It's uh well we don't know actually for sure, but he's doing a little bit of an angle with Jay Lethal. It seems so. It kind of seems like Lethal is gonna be uh, Steamboat's replacement, or at least from my perspective. What do you guys think about that? I mean, I, Jeff I Jarrett was at the press conference, so I'm going to guess Jeff Jarrett. I haven't had a look at uh, that too deeply, or look uh, look into what Flair's been saying. But hell, you know, you my, remotely it, care? Like, be honest. No, 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 I don't care. But it's uh, <laughs> but Jay Lee Ford makes sense. I mean, they had a feud in TNA. Jay Lee would do a really good Ric Flair impression. So it would it would make sense. With it, TNA celebrating 20 years, if they were going to do a Ric Flair Jay Lethal match. I'd be like, why isn't this a Bound for Glory match instead of like a random? And the event is Ric Flair's last match. I still don't really understand why this is even happening outside of just Rick wants to do it. But well, it would be quite funny that yeah, the why? reason why he doesn't want to do a he he wanted to do a final match because he didn't like the way that his final run ended. So and why TNA, would he go back? So he just doesn't. Yeah, do so it. Why, would he go, why would he go back to TNA to have the final match when he's trying to erase the fact that his final match was in TNA? Yeah. But I feel like if you're going to wrestle Lethal, are you really erasing TNA, or are you just highlighting that that's the last time you did anything of note? Well, also also reference the fact that like Lethal doesn't work for. Impact wrestler, he works for AEW. That's true. Yeah. All right. And, and they're not well. Certain people cross over from there, but they're not exactly like in a strong working partnership at the moment. All uh, this uh, stuff is so the the water is so muddy. With like, you're in ROH, but you're in AEW, which is crossing over with New Japan, which has some Impact people, which are feuding with the ROH people that aren't in ROH anymore. Whatever. And, yeah, it's like an actual wrestling universe. Yeah, it's hard to keep track of because I'm like... It's literally the WWE universe and the rest of wrestling. Yeah, <laughs> seems like it's the case. But what other matches did you say that they were announced? Uh, we were talking beforehand. You said it was... Uh, uh, they announced in an Impact World title match, Josh Alexander against MLW's Jacob Fatu, mm. which is 
awesome. Like, that's a match I'd watch on any card. And then there's a rematch of Days Gone By, and it's the Wolves against the Motor City Machine Guns, which, again, awesome, and a match I'd watch any day of the week. I still don't know if I'm going to even check out this event, but if we do end up doing something about it, we'll, of course, let you guys know. Maybe we'll do some kind of watch-along or something. Uh, when is it again? It's... Uh, uh, day after SummerSlam. Yeah, okay, day after. thought it might have been the day before. Um... Wait, because some of them is on a Saturday, isn't it? That's right. Huh. Um, what else we got for the odd tags? Anything else you guys come across? Uh, oh, it's, as we're going to be talking about a New Japan, or at least a, a co-produced New Japan show in the predictions later on, we might as well share a bit of uh, New Japan news. Uh, Kushida's back in New Japan. Yeah, uh, which is great. It'll yeah, suit him so, much better. Yeah, so he turned up at a, uh, one of the recent, like, minor shows they had that was the show that Ishii also won his uh, qualifier to enter the All Atlantic Championship match which again we'll talk about when we get to the predictions but he came back says that he wants to be he's essentially he's gonna move to California because he wants to continue to live in the US and then he'll just fly to Japan for the tours he wants to stay in the junior division it seems like they're building up a match between him and the current champion, Taiji Ishimori, for the, the title, which makes sense. And he essentially wants to continue to live in America so he can continue to work American independent shows. And again, that opens the possibility of potentially doing some stuff with AEW as well, more easily than certain other wrestlers could. And so. also he did mention that he is you know, enjoying learning more English and getting used to this culture. And I think it's good all around and he'll be in the... LA Dojo setting. Mm -hmm. And he's also said that um, he intends to stay in New Japan for the remainder of his career. But then again, that is a wrestling promise. So (laughs) typically when they say this about New Japan, it's because they're just tired of being burned. Yeah, probably. And the only other thing of note from the New Japan side of things is they announced the blocks for the G1 Climax 32. So it's uh, 28 participants, four blocks of seven. So we have Block A, we have Okada, Okada, Toriano, Jeff Cobb, Lance Archer, Bad Luck Fale, Tom Lawler, and Jonah. Yeah. Interesting one. Bronson Reed, let's go. A lot of of big guys in that, that, uh, well, physically big guys in that uh, block. Block B, Jay White, Taichi, Tamatonga, Tomohiro Ishii, Sonada, The Great Okan, and Chase Owens. It's like, it's fine. It's got Jay White in it, so he'll probably win. Uh, Block C, Hiroshi Tanahashi, Tetsuya Naito, Evil, Hiroki Goto, Zack Sabre Jr., Kenta, and Aaron Hanare. And Block D, Will Ospreay, Shingo Takagi, Juice Robinson, Yoshihashi, El Phantasmo, Yujiro Takahashi, and David Finlay. So, yep, that's essentially what the lineup's going to be. Do you think it's worth the addition of the extra people? Like, do you feel confident in this lineup? Um, I think that we're not going to see the same caliber of matches because a lot of the bigger guys, or the bigger name guys who produce the best matches are being kept apart from each other, which makes sense. It means those matches are more hard to come by. But I think that at least on the physicality side of things, if you're wrestling six matches over the course of a month rather than like uh, nine matches as it would have been in the old ten uh, 20 people to two blocks approach. 
I think it will be easier on the wrestlers' bodies, which is the most important thing. And it means that when you actually get to the finals, which are in the 17th and 18th of August, when it's the Block A versus Block B winner, and then the Block C versus Block B winner, and then in the semi-finals, and then the winners of those matches face each other in the final, that's when you get we'll get the like the super caliber matches. So I think that overall it's an easier to book situation, and it will be kinder on the wrestlers' bodies. So I kind of think that's a that's a worthwhile compromise over a potential slight dip in match quality. I agree. <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> it, it, essentially, it's happening between July 16th and finishing on August 18th, so it'll be an over-month-long thing. We won't talk about it probably again until the finals take place, but it, it's still worth checking out. It'll be It's an interesting experiment, if nothing else, to have four blocks instead of two. I'm sure they'll still end up having some pretty good matches that'll be worth going back oh, yeah, and looking absolutely. at. Let's talk about some injuries. I've lost track of how many people were announced to be injured this week. I know that uh, Rhea Ripley was pulled from Money in the Bank with a quote-unquote brain injury, according to her. <laughs> brain well, slash teeth. <laughs> so, yeah, so apparently her teeth were uh, not loose in a match recently. In the fatal four-way to determine who would face Bianca in the first place. And she said it replied to someone on Instagram saying that she suffered a brain injury or a brain's broken or however she wanted to phrase it, which basically means that she has a concussion, a concussion. And, they, and they don't want to announce that she has a concussion because right. that's a dirty word in WWE. I still don't understand this idea that they have where it's like, if we don't say it, it doesn't exist, even though everybody knows that it is and everybody else will say it and potentially say it even worse. She's the one that said it. And now it's like, Mm. You have a brain injury? That sounds worse. It does sound <laughs> a little bit more visceral. Yeah. But, but, it, but it's just, you know, if WWE wants to avoid these things, only say it when it's happening and then people won't speculate when it doesn't. And then you don't have it coming out for the things where it's not the thing, you know? Well, yeah, it was just, it was just one of those things where, because of, again, it just pairs back to what happened that weekend in 2007. That term is like a black, uh, blacklisted word. It's because you just can't, um, they don't want to admit that people are suffering from these things because they know the potential ramifications of it. Same way that they don't like talking about whether people have got COVID or not. Yeah, it's so stupid. Mm. She's been pulled. She has been replaced by Carmella. Let's talk about, hold on a minute. Because Bianca and Carmella deserve some praise or something here. Because once again... They're forced to have a match at a pay-per-view because somebody got injured. They didn't last <laughs> year with Bailey. They almost did it again at SummerSlam with Sasha, and they're doing it again here. Carmella is nothing if not reliable. And we've all talked about how we like Carmella, but it does feel like, all right, they're giving up again. <laughs> you know, they're just pretty, okay, just do this match and shut up. And Yeah, yeah I mean, yeah, it's just, it's taken any element of danger out of that match you know that Bianca's gonna win I'm sure the match will be fine but that's kind of the level that you can really only get with Carmella she, I mean that's like she's a totally fine serviceable in-ring performer she does a she does a decent job but she you're never gonna turn to her to try and get like a match of the same caliber that Bianca and Rhea Ripley would have had the only thing I could see happening and we'll touch more on this next week when we get to know our uh, predictions a little bit more deeply. 
The only way I could see a title change happening is if they want to yet again have somebody cash in immediately. So it'll be like, oh, Carmella won, and then somebody beats her for it. But I don't think that's happening, especially because it's happened three out of four for the women. You know how they like to do that whole, well, it takes your mind off of the injury because this is better. Now someone cashed in. Isn't that crazy? Mm -hmm. It's It's more of a possibility now, I think, than it was before. Which is crazy, but yeah. Who else got injured? I know the well. I don't know if this aired or what, because of course Peacock doesn't have NXT UK up yet enough for they, me they to be put able it to up while you were talking while we were talking about uh, the G1 class. Oh, okay. So they they waited until what three fifty two or something to put up the show that starts at three. But uh, obviously, since we're recording and we get a chance to check this out yet, but. We know there is an injury on NXT UK. Ashton Smith has been injured after just winning the NXT UK tag team titles with Oliver Carter, which means they are vacating the titles. And we actually even know who the next champions are. So earmuffs if you don't want to know. But the next NXT UK tag team champions are actually... The great UK tag team of... Yeah, Brooks Jensen and Josh Briggs from NXT. So, you know what? I mean... I was just assuming when I read this news that there was going to be a vacated uh, elimination match or whatever to settle the new champions. I was just like, oh, they're going to give it to Dave Familia. Ugh. So I'm glad that they uh, went with uh, Brooks and Briggs, actually. Why not? I, I, I'm not. <laughs> Unless this brings us closer to the merger of UK and regular NXT. I'd be all for up for that. <laughs> I don't yeah, think we need this show at all anymore. I'd, I'd say there were better options, but I just don't actually know if there are. Well, the people in the match were DeFamilia, uh, obviously Brooks and Briggs, as they won. Um, Massive Dave Mastiff and Jack Stars. And who was the other team? Uh, oh, Sophies. No. Um, oh, uh, Madrews and Wild Boar. Oh, that's what? so awful. <laughs> yeah, that was the that were the four teams. So not the Coffees or yeah, you, uh, the Coffee and Wolfgang. You got pretty deadly available probably they could have done that i mean there's no probably boy. at least uh, i mean you could have had technically speaking noam dar and shaw samuels could have been in there great time to split up mustache mountain as well <laughs> yeah <laughs> well you know that's necessary um oh can we talk about can we talk about me oh well, i guess we'll get to we're not doing tv right we're doing injuries that's not tv confused. anyway we yeah, it barely counts as TV. The Judgment Day was on there. I think we got to talk about it. <laughs> well, even more so, the title changed hands. Another title. So, not only the NXT UK Tech Team titles, but the 24-7 title. Dewdrop won a belt. <laughs> Dewdrop won the belt! On main event. Good for main event for having an eventful show this week. <laughs> for having an event. That's all it is. <laughs> Uh, it's, it's an odd state of affairs. Yeah, and of course, even if uh, there's title change that takes place, WWE still isn't going to list it on their show's page because they just do not want this show to be acknowledged. This this is the the most uh, clear indication that uh, maybe Edge leaving Judgment Day wasn't the best idea in the world, yeah. and also that uh, this iteration of Judgment Day is the closest equivalent that we've had in recent years to the core. <laughs> like we don't have a leader main event yeah you might need one <laughs> without a leader no. you're led astray and you're wrestling on the show that nobody knows exists mm. that's a real bad uh, set of weeks for a judgment day right 
Hold on a minute here. Because I'm reading the full results for main event. Are you ready? Dewdrop beats Dana. And then, of course, Nikki, Tamina, and Tazawa run out. Tazawa pins Dewdrop. Our truth pins him. And Nikki pins our truth. And then Dana pins Nikki. Oh, fuck you. They did the whole. It just goes back to Dana again. Oh my god, I'm so sick of this. Oh, that, that, that's disappointing. That's, that's disappointing. disappointing. Yeah, all I had heard was Dana Brooke had lost it to Dewdrop, and I just was like, oh, maybe they'll finally do something interesting. And instead, they just want to keep doing the same thing again. God damn it. Yeah, they, they put it, they, yeah, they just recently put it onto YouTube like five hours ago, so you can see the whole thing. Uh, I'm going to have to update a whole bunch of things about that now. That's great. Thanks for giving me more work, WWE. <laughs> and not in a good way. Also, not like I'm going to get paid anymore for it. The fun thing is also that all these title changes happened on uh, main event and not Raw, so it means that it don't count towards the fantasy league. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know who has any of those people. <laughs> but, uh, uh, <laughs> you got to have them all. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, other people were injured this week, or at least announced injured, right? It was a different company. Yeah, so, and, um, and over on AEW, so again, we'll talk about the Brian Danielson thing probably more detail right. when we get to Forbidden Door. But uh, Red Velvet is injured. That's right. That was another one, yeah. Uh, Kyle O'Reilly is injured. Oh, I didn't see about that one. And Bobby Fish. And yeah. Fish? Yep. Yeah, yep, so they're both uh, incapacitated at the moment. So, I don't, again, don't know how long that will end up being. Uh, there are a few more as well. Um, oh, I'm trying to remember one off the top of my head. There was uh, Red Velvet. Yeah, yeah, mentioned. Yeah, mentioned Red Velvet. There was another uh, one Sky that. Blue. Uh, uh I, I don't think Sky Blue is the one I was thinking of. I'm trying to remember which one. I think it's. I'll, I'll find it in a second. Uh, Lee Johnson was also announced as injured by Sean. Yeah. Uh, a lot of people are really. Feeling yeah, the injury yeah, bug. Yeah, it's 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 catching on big time. It's like the hottest thing to hit wrestling right now is just injuries. Injuries are plenty. Um, there was another one from WWE or something, wasn't there? Or am I just thinking about the Rhea Ripley one? I thought that there might have been somebody from NXT or something. Uh, when Nikita Lyons was recently injured. Oh, she's coming back. That's the yeah, that's one thing. Yeah. Uh, the bunny is also injured. Oh, the bunny is injured, <laughs> yes. And Buddy Matthews is injured as well. That's right. Oh, he's Matthews. That's what I'm thinking of. Obviously, yeah, he's got he's a shoulder, not at the shoulder injury. Yeah. Oh, so, man. <laughs> a lot, a lot oh. of great talent hurt right yeah. now. Also, I just saw on there as well, even though this one doesn't relate to either WWE or or AEW specifically, Bandido is also injured. So Jesus fucking God. That's hurting the independent circuit. Um. Obviously, um, over in New Japan as well, like Juice Robinson's coming back from uh, appendicitis. So there's injuries hitting there as well. Yeah, it's just it's a overall pretty bad time in wrestling. It's just uh, anything that can go wrong to somebody's body is just all happening at once, it seems. Uh, here's, a, here's a bit of good news related to the Ric Flair thing. Um, they have announced that New Japan will have a showing in the Ric Flair weekend. So there'll be some New Japan matches as part of this card, too. Even more crossover. Makes sense. They haven't announced anything specific, but 
That's good. So what else do we have? Is that a that's pretty much it for the hot tags, right? I mean, there's nothing on the TV side that I really feel like we have to harp on. Brock Lesnar. We haven't talked about Brock Lesnar. He doesn't want to. I know he doesn't want to, but we got to talk about it. Brock yeah, Lesnar but, um, <laughs> Yeah, so what happened is that Brock returned at the end of SmackDown following Roman Reigns defeating Matt Riddle. And that means that they're going to have a last man standing match at SummerSlam. Hell, so. you see this going the same way I do, right? They're going to both be knocked out. Yeah, I imagine. Yeah, ima- yeah, I imagine. It, yeah, 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 I imagine it will be a, a double, a, a double fall thing, and so it, can, it's going to be something stupid so that they can wrestle again at Crown Jewel. Yeah, exactly. You know, th- this is what happens when Randy Orton gets injured. When both Randy Orton and Cody Rhodes get injured, WWE just go, "Wow, why are none of these guys big enough to main event SummerSlam with Roman Reigns?" It's like. We, we sat here on the hot tags. Count even had to tell us to shut up, and who cares? And like, oh, but we can see Bobby Lashley, and they can get there like this. Well, no, but Bobby go... Lashley's got to take the U.S. title off of Austin Fury, so Austin Fury can face John Cena at SummerSlam. And then they just go, no, nope, Brock Lesnar. Like, oh fuck, why didn't we think of that? I, I cannot. It. <laughs> like, yeah, anything know. else? At the very least, I mentioned this. Maybe we can go Brock versus Gunther at some point. Maybe, no. hopefully, please. It's not happening. Anyone <laughs> but Brock versus Goldberg, please. Oh, Goldberg. Roman, please. <laughs> it, it, at least um, they'll break. It'll be a, there'll be a break in between the SummerSlam and Crown Jewel things when Drew McIntyre takes on Roman at, uh, at uh, Clash at the Castle. That's what you think. They're going to need Brock for that card, too. It's going to be a three-way. <laughs> it might be. That's the sad part. And it's yeah. just like... Hey, kids, we haven't seen Roman in a while. Are you excited to see what happens next? And it's like, oh, boy, we finally get one appearance from our double world champion. What's it going to be? Hey, for the next seven weeks, we're going to rehash the thing we've rehashed for seven years. (laughs) God. (laughs) Yep. I mean, there is very little notable to talk about on the Raw side of things. I mean, we have the McMahon segment that's back. Omos qualified for Money in the Bank, which is great. Is uh, it? No. <laughs> my entire statement there was laced with sarcasm. <laughs> uh, we also had Oscar uh, qualify for the Money in the Bank by beating Becky Lynch in the main event. So. Shout out to them. They opened and closed the show. Yep. And shout yeah, out to them for uh, doing a story where the person on the poster is not in the card. <laughs> they're t- you know Becky's gonna be in that match. Yeah, it's just one of those like, all right, you're you're dancing around it. They uh, seem to be going with Riddle and Rollins, and I'm not wild about that. Had a AJ Styles beat Tommaso Ciampa because even someone who's losing as many matches as AJ Styles can defeat Tommaso Ciampa on Raw. Is Champa like officially unofficially with the Miz? He's been hovering around him since he popped up. I don't understand yeah. why they just keep going with that, but it, I don't know if there's kind of like a <laughs> long-term storytelling, quote unquote. It's not really, but they're going to call it that and say that they did. Like if they're going to be like, oh, the whole plan was that the Miz was going to have hired Champa to do his dirty work or whatever, but I think it's just kind of happenstance. Yeah, but that was kind of... Listen, it. if Triple H is really bad, I could see Trump being like, hey, can I come back down now? 
that was kind of it for anything notable on Raw, though, I'd say. Uh, NXT was a thing. Oh, why is... Uh, I saw this one floating around. Uh, Apollo Crews is a superhero? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what this weird... Like, he's... What is he? He's, like, writing in a journal and then beating people up. Yeah. He's a vignette for this. He's Apollo Crews. He's been on the roster for six years. But, but the, the overall thing is, like, he came back for that one episode of NXT, like, a couple of weeks ago. Just came out was a normal guy. The crowd loved him. He won the main event. And then you're kind of off to the races. And now, no, we have to give him a character. Mm-hmm. We have to make him a bit kooky and crazy. And he's got superpowers. And he beats up people that are rude to people, too rude to others <laughs> in the line to fast food restaurant or something i don't know what it was but there's like. a trade-off from we got to take away your accent and we got to make you lame punisher <laughs> oh my god even lamer than the punisher you're, t- you're joking <laughs> just be like hey you know how uh, punisher is like you know a guy that you know vigilante to like the next level and he kind of does this uh this war journal to do that or whatever and people are like yeah yeah you know i mean that's a it's an interesting character and then he's like how about we do that but not cool <laughs> but maybe maybe this is part of my like ignorance towards uh comic books in general outside of just spider-man stuff but i always assumed that again because my exposure to the punishers mainly through like spider-man either video games or tv show that he was always a bit of just a, a lame version of daredevil i think that the, the uh, netflix you're, series you're missing out on daredevil yeah or on um, mm-hmm. punisher the netflix series went a long way in really helping the perception of punisher and I, I just don't understand why they're doing this with Apollo. Like, he's at this point, just let him be Apollo Crews. Mm-hmm. He could just go out there and be like, you have the uh, Apollo beginning and just, hey, remember me? I, I wrestle. People will be like, okay. <laughs> yeah. So and that's pretty much it. Uh, speaking of, uh, we have confirmation now, right? That the winner of the singles tournament has officially said, I want the tag titles. Oh, uh, well, the, the Roxy yeah, and yeah, Corjade Roxy thing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So that means that presumably it means Indy Hartwell's going after the the main Which, women's championship. The more I think about it, um, she deserves it. I still anyone think on that roster. I still think it's just going to be Nikita Lyons. It, it probably will be. And that they just reached a point where they're like, oh, okay, well, you know, she's able to come back. So then let's do that title change and have mm-hmm. that going on. So, so I think um, she said that she's coming back next week. So yeah. it's not even like, oh, you know, I'll be back in a few months and they're going to have to wait. And Yeah, and Kamala Hayes defended the title against Tony D'Angelo, so that was to be expected. It was a solemn occasion. It's the final final appearance of two oh, dimes. Yes. Who carries change anymore? <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, <laughs> And the AEW side of things, we'll factor that into our discussion of the uh, pay-per-view coming up in a few minutes or so. But uh, any other hot tags that we should do to round this out? Okay. Yeah, yeah, nothing really is springing to mind. It's been a bit of a uh, a quiet week after the uh, the craziness of last week. Wood. Yeah, I'm not uh I'm not seeing anything else that's really going on here. Um, I mean, there was a, that thing that happened where it was uh, Matt Hardy had teamed up with John uh, Hennigan. Johnny Hardy. I Johnny Hardy. Hardy. <laughs> and didn't uh, Matt Hardy get injured or something? I think he might have gotten injured. 
No, he's just... Well, actually, yes. They, they did report some kind of a... Like he was banged up or something. Jesus Christ. I see this uh, Ric Flair saying already that he is planning on bleeding in his match, which is like, uh, okay, so yeah, yeah, that's a surprise. So, <laughs> let's let's just real quick, just some bullet, bullet points, because not only did he say I won't take a blood thinner that morning, he also said, please don't buy a ticket thinking that I'm going to die. I'm going <laughs> to walk out of the ring on my own. <laughs> that was the thing he actually said, along with the line of. Well, two things can go wrong. Uh, he's had the vertigo problem, which we know for, from years past. And he goes, oh, and my pacemaker could unplug, but I'll just plug it back in. <laughs> <laughs> and then he says, don't buy this to see me die. <laughs> Damn, he just, uh, I mean, Scott Stein is certainly not attending. Hey. <laughs> Oh, okay, Shane yeah. Douglas is also like Shane Douglas was <laughs> his hands in glee. He was getting that ticket straight away. It's like, oh, okay, <laughs> back down. Oh god. Uh, well, uh, that's at least for our perspective of the hot tags. Let's move on to the uh, the main event of the week and the main event of this episode. But in the meantime, very quickly, let's remind you all that this is sponsored by Manscaped. They've got their traditional uh, promo code going on right now. SMARK, S-M-A-R-K, 20% off. And you get your free shipping as well. And you should check out that Platinum Package 4.0. Check out the Father's Day gifts and everything. I know that it's not necessarily a thing anymore. But, you know, you can still uh, do a belated gift or something. Because Father's Day actually passed the other day, right? Yeah, pretty sure it did. Um, So, you know, there's never too late to be able to give a gift to somebody else or to just pick up something for your own self. You know, Uh, I know that Caroline's actually going to be buying another thing of the deodorant because she keeps stealing the deodorant from me. She likes it better than all of the other deodorants that she's tried that are like, you know, uh, women specific ones. And this one's like aluminum free this and whatever. So that has the same positives, but it actually works better than the other ones that she's specifically gotten. So the deodorant is definitely one of those highlights that we're going to be perpetually getting more and more of. And the uh, lawnmower 4.0 is still easily my favorite thing out of this bunch. I use that every couple of days or so. And that is just the coolest tool out of the bunch. Weed Whacker is great too. Loving that one. And, you know, you can check out all the products that are up on the screen right now. If you're watching this on YouTube elsewhere, or if you're just listening to the audio one only uh, version of this, Go to manscaped.com, you know, browse around. There are lots of things to check out, and you can use that promo code for absolutely everything on the site, whether it is a renewal subscription of sorts, or if it's a package deal, or maybe you just want to pick up like one pair of boxers or something, you know, you can definitely do that. I'm not currently wearing the shirt right now, but uh, that is going to be the next shirt that I put on after uh, later on tonight after I shower. So that shirt's awesome as well. And, you know, all these products are great. So you know that you're going to get something that is awesome quality and you're going to get a great deal if you use that promo code. So remember, S-M-A-R-K, 20% off and free shipping. Go over to Manscaped.com and tell them that we sent you, uh, sent them your way. So let's now switch over from the hot tags to our main thing, Forbidden Door. And this pay-per-view has finally had a full card minus one person, a mystery opponent. So we now know exactly what we should be getting uh, for the matches that were kind of up in the air, including the Brian Danielson situation. He is not cleared to compete for this or 
for Blood and Guts, which sucks because not only was I really looking forward to Brian Danielson versus Zack Sabre Jr. as one of the absolute main things hooking me on this card, but that just really disintegrates a lot of the interest for Blood and Guts for me, to be perfectly honest. I don't really fully care to see some of the other people going at it in the same way. Um, You don't think that this person will uh, hold their end of the bargain? Well, the replacement, we don't know. And we're not going to know until the pay-per-view. They're waiting and doing the whole surprise angle. But I am thinking it's down to two people. And I'm leaning much more towards one than the other. Down to one in my book. (laughs) I think that there's a chance that it's Johnny Gargano, but I don't think it is. I am fully leaning towards Cesaro. The thing is... Well, go ahead, Cal. I, I would say there are three potential possibilities. Cesaro is... Or Claudio Castagnoli, or however he's going to go. It's going to be just Cesaro because he's trademarked yeah. the CSRO. CSRO. Yeah. Um, that's just the obvious choice, and just based on he was the last guy that Brian was interacting with in WWE. That's right. He obviously has ties to Adam Cole as well, so they can continue doing their stuff. So that makes all the sense in the world that he would join. The only other options in my mind are Jonathan Gresham because he's in the same mold as Brian Danielson, but I don't think the... Because he's already uh, popped up in AEW a couple of times, it wouldn't be as impactful as the debut would be for Cesaro. And the other choice is Timothy Thatcher, because he is available, and he is both a technical wrestler and someone that would be very violent inside a cage. But again, I don't think that the reaction would be as big as if it was for Cesaro. So I hope that's the case. Well, the way that he said it, it's definitely somebody that's not currently on the roster because he was saying when this guy comes into AEW, so it's not like it's going to be like, ah, and it's Jungle Boy, you know, uh, which points in that direction. And he's, this is the only person that he would trust to be able to hold down the forward and put on a great match and everything. So it's somebody who has a reputation. It's not a brand new person or this is a new recruit that I came across. It's going to be the next big thing or something. I think Cesaro is the way to go. And if it's not, I can't think of many other situations or maybe even any other situation that would make me feel like it was just as good or better. Like if it's Jonathan Gresham, I'm not going to be like, Oh man, I can't wait. Cause I have no connection to Gresham right now. The thing with Gresham is we've already seen him. Right. They made it very clear. It's someone new and Excalibur later said it's someone who's immediately going to be in the BCC. And Cesaro has wrestled Regal. Didn't he have his last matches? Yeah, Regal's final match was with Cesaro. Well, his final, well, final, final televised match was with Cesaro, yeah. Yeah, like it. And then there's the added uh, benefit of um, Cesaro is a guy who Eddie Kingston does not like. <laughs> and there's a story there immediately. Is that a legit thing that they don't like each other, or is that just a... Uh, uh, you can't ever tell with Kingston. Yeah. Is he I probably just not like anybody? <laughs> I think it's as um, legit as how much he dislikes CM Punk. So... It's, you know... Which is quite a lot. You can't really tell. Which, which, is, which is enough to, like, not want to talk about him or, like, trash him on interviews and stuff like that, but not enough that he wouldn't work with him. So it's, like, the perfect balance, really. Hmm. That 
to be honest, there was there is a small part of me which I know is not the case because obviously everything that's been said just really hopes that it's William Regal. <laughs> yeah, I know. Me too. <laughs> and I, I didn't even think about that. It's impossible. He can't. He, like he knows that he can't wrestle anymore and all of that stuff. But if it, that's just the definition of a dream match for me, Zack Saber Junior versus William Regal. Yeah, I didn't even think about the idea that it could be Regal. That that would be on par. Then I'd be like, okay, cool. Uh, <laughs> but I'm definitely leaning more towards that uh, Cesaro thing. But um, since we don't know, of course, we can't really fully be like, okay, this person's going to win and that person's going to lose, and this is whatever that case. But I am saying, as far as predictions go for Zack Sabre Jr. versus potentially Cesaro, potentially somebody else, if it's Cesaro... I think there might be more for Cesaro winning, even though Zack Sabre Jr. would make more sense in some ways, too. I think Cesaro has to win if it's Cesaro. Yeah, I think if Cesaro is debuting, then you would want to have him get a victory on his debut. The issue, well, I would say the issue with that, I don't think it's too hard of a thing for Zack Sabre Jr. to lose, but Zack Sabre Jr. is very prominent in New Japan. He's a he's recently fought for the World Championship. He's going to be in G1. So, again, this that's where the whole uh, backstage politics of a show like this comes into play. I think if it is Cesaro, it's a big debut. They'll give him the victory. And it strengthens my resolve that when we do eventually get the Zack Sabre Jr. versus Brian Danielson match, uh, Sabre will win that one. Yeah, that's kind of where I'm leading a little bit towards where, you know, you give the win to the new person who's coming in so that way he has momentum heading into blood and guts and he doesn't look like he's, yeah, I mean, like, realistically speaking, you get Johnny Elite coming in there and it's like, oh man, look at that. And then he loses. Suddenly it doesn't really matter as much anymore. It's one lose, uh situation already but it's already the winds out of the sails but i could see a situation where maybe jericho interferes and costs cesaro and then that way it could just head a little bit more towards that but then again if it's somebody else and it's not cesaro then i think fully zach Sabre jr wins it's it would have to be somebody less than if it's anybody big then they have to win uh, to go back to our hot tags just for a moment, I've been seeing a thing that says uh, at least Meltzer is talking about how Triple H potentially has more power than he did before, which you would think would be the case. Please. But uh, that is just making me think of the Simpsons thing about the trillion dollar bill where it's like, now give it back. Oh, give what back? <laughs> it's going to be like, okay, now give that power back. What are you talking about? <laughs> yeah. Um. Going back to uh, the Forbidden Door breakdown, let's start talking about the actual, you know, other matches that are on the card that we know for a fact are happening the way that they are. We've got the buy-in match is an eight-man tag, Max Caster and the Gun Club against the New Japan Dojo, who I do not know a single thing about any of these people. Alex Coughlin, the DKC, Kevin Knight, and Yuya Yumori. Amora? Amora? I don't know how to pronounce that. They're going to botch a couple of these names, probably. I have never once heard of any of those four guys. But I'm still going with the New Japan Dojo winning. I'm going with Max Caster and the Gun Club. 
because even though you know this is an easy one that you can give to the New Japan guys, it's good to start off the show with an act that you know that a lot of people really know winning. And I know the DKC and Kevin Knight and Coughlin and Yuya because I keep up with NJPW Strong, but the layman doesn't. And I think that because of that, the act with some notoriety wins. Calling me a lame man? I'm cool. I'll call you a layman. <laughs> uh, I, I would go with uh, Castor and the Gun Club getting the victory as well because, yeah, they are the more notable team. They've been getting a few wins on Dark Elevation. I think that the New Japan Dojo people, I mean, primarily their main role in New Japan is that when they take on someone with any level of notoriety or a decent star level, they'll take the pin because that's what they do. And this is a classic four on four tag. These guys are all very capable, uh, good wrestlers. So I expect the match to be good. It won't be particularly long and it won't hold any real significance in the long term. But it's just a very, this is what you get with a lot of New Japan shows. You always get these eight man tags or six man tags, which are only really there to set up future matches and programs. So don't expect anything super special from this, except maybe Billy Gunn winning a match. Hmm. I'm a big fan of Billy Gunn, so I'd be cool with that. But I would hope more so that it's Max Caster getting the pin. And um, even though I'm just going with the Dojo guys, just for the sake of being at least different on that, uh, I'm writing for uh, the the acclaimed ass boys. I'm interested to see what the intro rap is too. I think that's going to be fun. There's another eight man tag on the card. You got the young bucks teaming up with El Fantasmo and Hikaleo of the bullet club against Darby Allen, sting Shingo Takagi and Hiromu Takahashi, AKA dudes with attitude. <laughs> why is, why is this dudes with attitude? Uh, I'm going to tell you why, because Tony Khan is a mark. And back in 1990, when Sting was fighting with Ric Flair, he created the Dudes with Attitudes, which is just a hodgepodge of, I think, Orndorff, Junkyard Dog, and someone else, maybe Luger. And they became the Dudes with Attitudes. So Tony said, fuck it. Sting, you're on the card in an eight, man. They're now the Dudes with Attitudes. (laughs) I love it. Bullet Club wins. I'm I'm about 50-50 on this one. I'm not too sure. I was leaning more towards Bullet Club, but I could definitely see a scenario where Sting ends up getting a win or something. It, it is interesting because when you... I'm kind of approaching this with a subtle New Japan mindset as well because whenever I watch a New Japan match, one of these six-man tags or eight-man tags in particular, you're not just looking for who's going to win the match. You're looking for who's going to take the pin. Mm-hmm. And in this one, I'm seeing Hikaleo, and I'm thinking, yep, that guy can definitely take a pin. And looking at the dude's attitude team, and like, who's going to take the fall in this one? It's like, maybe Hiromu, maybe Darby could do oh, that. I mean, yeah. Sting's, not getting, Sting's not getting pinned. No, Sting's I mean, not Darby getting pinned. Al- Darby Allen and Sting, I think, are undefeated as a team, right? Yes. In, a, yes. in, any kind of, in any kind of configuration, pretty much. And so it would seem weird that they would just lose it on... I'm not saying this is a random show, but it is... It's not a typical pay-per-view. So 
it's I don't wild see the... to me that Sting is wrestling here, though. Mm. But I don't, I don't see the harm of uh, having like the the Bucks and Bullet, Bullet Club lose, especially if it's either Phantasmo or Hikaleo taking the pinfall. I mean, that, realistically, it's a really good chance to start building towards a Darby Allen and Sting versus Young Bucks match for the tag titles. Because yeah, you they should. They should. They, they're undefeated as a team. They should be one of the next challengers for the tag titles. Obviously, FTR should be the next champions, but that's as a one-off match. It's all out or something. That'd be great. I think honestly, if you want to go in a roundabout here, Bucks can lose it to Sting and Darby, who can immediately lose it to oh, I believe are the number two team right now, Mox and Danielson, who can then have a banger with FTR. And set them up on their long run with the belts. You can do some like three short runs, and then have a long one with FTR. I did kind of into that. You kind of sold me on Sting and Darby getting the win here and potentially challenging for the belts. The the other thing that obviously leans me towards the uh, the dudes with attitude winning this match is that it's got Shingo and Hiromu on the other side of it, and. Hiromu is one of their biggest. It's essentially their junior ace. And Shingo Takagi has got the G1. And he's one. Of, he's a former world champion. He's one of the top stars they have. So it seems unlikely that they'd have... I mean, Phantasmo is also going to be in the G1. So they may want to try and build him up a little bit. But I think that you just have Hikuleo there. He's not really doing anything. And could easily take the fall. I imagine that in another time before this match was booked that it was going to be the Young Bucks and Red Dragon mm-hmm. against Dudes of Attitude and Los Ingrados de Japón. So maybe the inclusion of both Phantasmo and Hikaleo makes it easier for the babyface to get the win in this one. And yeah, I, I think it's a little bit of a shame. And I know you can't, we can't, it can't always be loads of singles matches and you can't have a 15 match card or anything like that. But it's a bit of a shame that both Shingo and Hiromu are going to be in this eight-man tag, rather than have an actual a bigger match for one of the what for one of them with another guy from AEW, but I imagine that will come somewhere down the line. Yeah, I'm, I'm leaning a little bit more towards dudes with attitude, but I could. I mean, some of these matches it could really go fifty-fifty, and to me, it wouldn't be all that shocking just because you got to balance out a little bit of AEW guys win, a little bit of New Japan guys win. Of course, if they're on the same team, that it's to win for both, a loss for both. Um, I definitely do not see the New Japan representative for the All-Atlantic Championship match winning, though, because the Tomohiro Ishii, Miro, Malachi Black, and Pac match, I think, is 100% going to Pac. And I think it should, too. Hmm. Why are you so confident about Pac winning? I think he's lost so much momentum since he first came into the company where they made him out to be like, he could be a potential world champion. And then he just very adamantly went to the mid card that if they don't give him this spell, I don't think that he's going to end up winning pretty much any championship, but Malachi black seems like a weird choice to give a title to, especially with this branding and everything right now. And Miro, I mean, he would be the second choice for me, but he had that TNT title reign and I'm not entirely confident that they're just going to say that was fun. Let's do that again. More so than to give pack a win. 
I think it's going to pack, mainly because I think, honestly, there are three great options in Tomohiro Ishii. And Miro, I've already seen him win a belt in this company. So even though it's a good choice, I just want to see someone new get it. Black would be a great first champion. He hasn't won a belt since he's been NXT champion. But I think Pac gets the babyface pop. He's a champion. He's international, which seems to be the flavor of this belt. And yeah, I think he's just the best choice for first champion here. This belt's definitely got an international thing. It's definitely not just all Atlantic. So I, I like all. I think this match is going to be awesome. All four guys are great, and I, I personally, I would like. I personally want Ishii to win because Ishii's one of my favorites. Just and I, and he never wins big belts, so it, it would be, it would just be cool for me to see him win this one. But for me, it's a toss up between Miro and Black. I don't think Pac has a chance of winning this one. Uh, I just I think that the bed's already been made with him, really. Not that he he's obviously a fantastic worker, and if they do introduce six man tag titles, they Death Triangle will probably be a big contender for it. But I think that the ship has kind of sailed on him winning the title. Obviously, I would be totally for him winning this belt, but I think Miro makes sense. He's just come back. He already established him with an element of prominence to have the title belt. He's hugely over, and so I think that would be a great move. Um, Malachi Black's the head of a faction, and he hasn't won the title yet. I feel this would help establish him even further and give the title belt some real credibility right off the, the back. So I think that it's uh, it's between those two and guns of my head, I probably would go with Miro. See, I'm kind of thinking Wardlow is winning that TNT title. Yeah, absolutely. Pretty soon. And that Miro is going to be just one of those guys that'll fight him for it in a few months. I, I think Miro's more prominently protected than that. Rather than just be like, okay, he's a guy that will occasionally fight for the world title or occasionally fight for the uh, the TNT championship. I think he's a guy that you use to make a belt straight away. So I think that, yeah, based on his run with the TNT championship, if you give him the same sort of reign with your Atlantic championship, it's pretty much made straight off, like straight away. So... I wouldn't be opposed to it. That's for sure. I, I don't want black to win. To I just feel like I have seen it already and I just want yeah. something different. But I want but, more. No, but uh, there's a difference. Like I saw that and I want more. <laughs> I really want more. <laughs> it just made me hungry for more titles with Mira. I want him told every belt. There's some kind of more kind of thing. I don't know. I can't formulate the joke. You know what, what to do, everybody. <laughs> Uh, my ultimate uh, gun of my head pick is going to be Pack, though. Yeah, I'm gonna say Pack. You're gonna go Let's against do- the Pack and yeah. go with Mira. Yeah, yeah stick with Mira. <laughs> we got Les Sex Gods of Jericho's uh, Appreciation Society, Chris Jericho and Timmy Guevara, are teaming with Minoru Suzuki against Eddie Kingston, Wheeler Yuta, and Shota Umino. I am not super feeling this match. Mostly because I am not super familiar with Suzuki. I've seen a few of his matches and I'm like, okay, you know, all right. Suzuki and something. Kingston in the ring is going to get a pop. Umino, um, I know nothing about. He's Moxley's young boy. Like, 
Moxley beat him up one day, and then he said, all right, I'm taking this kid with me, and he's just going to, you know, carry my bags, and I'll teach him the ways of being an ass kicker. So that's the connection there. Huh. And yeah. to me, it's it's just kind of filler. I think it'll be good. I really want to see if they try to do something where they mix, like do a mashup of Judas and Kaze Ninare, because the crowds love both of those songs, and I want to see what they do with that. Um, I see Sammy getting the pin on Umino. I see Kingston having a blast with Suzuki, and then him and Jericho brawling to the back, and they're not involved in the finish. Hmm. And Guevara should get the win because he's, you know, still on the rise. Or, honestly, on the other end, Yuta can get the win. I just don't see Guevara eating a pinfall right now. Yeah, I am leaning more towards the Jericho side. For sure. I think that also ties a little bit into Blood and Guts because you would assume Blackpool Combat Club is going to end up winning that match. And if they go into that already having another win just recently at a pay-per-view, it's going to seem like it's kind of just uh, taking uh, the wrong direction in my mind. I, I'd say how I would book it. I would go with Heels winning here. Yeah, I think the Heels will probably get the victory. It establishes Sammy because he's done just recently joined back up with Jericho. So that helps uh, just reinforce that and makes you just want to see uh, like Kingston, uh, Santana Ortiz and the BCC beat them in blood and guts. Um, there's an obvious person to take the pinfall or take the fall here in that show to, like he's not well established as of yet. So he's an easy guy. He can use this match as a chance to impress a different audience and, but still take the pinfall and nothing, it doesn't really get hurt in the process. I think this match will be a lot of fun because the players involved, Suzuki and Kingston, as Rob says, will be a lot of fun. Uh, Yuta's great, Jericho and Guevara are great. Shota is, I don't think he's great, I think he's good. But this match can help me help prove maybe he's leaning more towards great going forward than the current status that he's in. I think that's like he was uh, paired up with Moxley and that gave him a bit of an edge and a bit of a character to him when he was doing his transition from being just a your standard young boy into being an actual, you know, an actual character. But I don't know whether his actual in-ring development has matched that uh, initial blessing that Moxley gave him. So so we'll see how it goes. I think that, yeah, the heel should get the victory. Shota should eat the pin. And then we move on to Blood and Guts, where the heels finally get their comeuppance. This is a, uh, <laughs> a random aside prediction uh, thing to talk about. Fill me in if I'm wrong about this. Red Shoes is still a referee, right? Yep. You guys think that he's going to be on here? I hope not. He's not a very good referee. <laughs> it's, it's amazing. He's the head referee of New Japan Pro Wrestling. And obviously he's got like significant pullbacks. I don't think he's been ref- refereeing for God, it must be 20, 30 plus years. He's fucking terrible. He's been, he's an awful referee who just Jesus. He's so he's he's over dramatic. His pinfalls are ridiculously slow and deliberate. He gives every single opportunity for someone to get their shoulder up. Like it seems like he's desperate not to screw up the finish, and so he just makes it as obvious as possible that, yep, this is not the finish because my hand is going down at about the speed of a snail crawling down the side of a building. <laughs> and 
yeah, he's and yeah, he's just over the top and he takes ridiculous ref bumps in certain matches as well and stuff like that. So, so what you've just said to me is that he fits in 100%. Oh, yeah, absolutely, with, with Bryce Redberg. Yeah, yeah, with definitely. all of the AW officials. So, yeah, I think I bet you he's there. But who's got better facial reactions? Does he or does uh, Aubrey? Aubrey. Aubrey. Well, Aubrey's the, the best referee in AEW. So Aubrey say. might be the best referee in all of wrestling right now. Yeah. Uh, oh, who's the... It's, oh, I was actually confusing Bryce Rensburg with... Uh, who's the... Uh, Rick Knox. Yeah, Rick Knox. Yeah, the guy who just doesn't, who referees every single tag match, but has absolutely no idea how to reinforce uh, tag no rules. Yeah. He has no authority. He's zero authority. <laughs> um, so we're all going uh, Jericho's crew, right? I think so. Yep, yeah, little side. Yeah. Uh, let's go over to Will Osprey defending the IWGP United States Heavyweight Championship against Will uh, against Will Osprey against uh, Orange That'd Cassidy. Be a better match. I think oh. this is going to be a lot of fun. And, uh, oh, t- Tony, Orange Cassidy against Will Ospreay. Will Ospreay's one of the greatest wrestlers in the world, and he's going up against the guy who put his hand in his pants. Yeah? So he's going up against Tony? <laughs> <laughs> I uh, think this will be a lot of fun. I love Orange no, Cassidy. No, this, will be a great, this will be a great match, and it's just it's one of those things that... What, how many times does Orange Cassidy have to have great matches against really good people to people to say... Yeah, this guy could actually do something. Well, I know he's my, a meme, and I know he's. My a... problem is there's zero follow up with him. Now, granted, he's been injured, but they have a track record of not following him, following anything up with him, and just pushing him and going, "See, he can wrestle." Okay, go back to being a meme. <laughs> this, I mean, this match will be a lot of fun based on what we saw briefly in the six man tag they had on uh, Dynamite. Um. They can put up some really great stuff together. Will Ospreay can pretty much work well with pretty much anybody. And I think that they'll put on a really good match. There's no chance of Will Ospreay losing the title. Absolutely not. <laughs> yeah, that's not happening. The, the most interesting thing, well, the most interesting thing outside of the fact the match being almost certainly being good is that Will Ospreay doesn't have the physical United States Heavyweight Championship because Juice Robinson is holding it hostage. Because he was supposed to change it. show up. Be oh, well, well, yeah, well, Juice Robinson almost certainly will appear on this show and probably attack Osprey with Bill afterwards. They're in the same G1 block as well. I could imagine a scenario, and again, this is very not New Japan. This is very other company booking, but maybe that's just bleeding into it. But it'd be quite fun if their G1 match was also for the US Championship. Just like, because Juice never officially lost it, and so they can, Wallace Bray could potentially beat him and take the belt back or they could just revert back to juice robinson holding the title and also winning that g1 match but yeah i think 100 percent osprey is getting the victory here and the match will prove a lot of doubt is wrong i'm gonna go so far as to say this might end up being the match that i end up enjoying the most i think it will be yeah nine years doesn't surprise be. me for you yeah <laughs> um i'm not feeling the women's match, the AW Women's World Championships on the line with Thunder Rosa against Tony Storm in a feud that here's the the full breakdown of it. Tony Storm picked up the belt. All right. There you go. Cluster <laughs> build aside, uh, the build's been shit, absolute shit, and it's a shame because I I'm a huge fan of Tony Storm. I think that Thunder Rosa has been proven to be great when you know it, but you, the bell rings that's going to be an interesting enough match but 
man, have they put zero effort into it. Oh, Tony Storm beat Marina Shafir. Who cares? How's that supposed to matter? Well, she, beat, she beat Britt Baker, which is the match that, she, that did matter. So Matches on the card because they need a woman's match on the card. Yeah, and it's a shame yeah. that there is no crossover thing and they can't just do something with, like, Started. stardom or whatever. And I know that that's another whole thing of, like, well, then there'll be AEW and New Japan and Stardom Presents. And, you know, but it's just kind of like, there's no, like, even maybe some kind of like mixed tag or, or something, you know, like, uh, I mean, if you're worried about the name, then just call it AEW cross Bushi road. Cause that's the company that owns both of them. If you're really, yeah, that, wouldn't, that would sell as well on the market. I don't think. Yeah. It doesn't yeah. sell as well as AEW versus new Japan. I, I mean, there, there is, again, if you want to go deep enough into it, there is like, they, they both have worked stored. Um, I think I know at least Thunder yeah, Rose like, uh, Tokyo Joshi. Yeah, Tokyo well, Joshi Pro as well. So that's going to be his excuse for why this match is happening here. But I, I think, well, it needs to have a women's match on the show because you're going to be pilloried if you just have a bunch of uh, men's matches, even though New Japan is an all men promotion. So you're going to put a women's match on the card. Yes, the build should have been bigger, but we you can pretty much copy and paste that and put that on every single women's feud that uh, AEW has ever done, done into ever. a pay match. Yeah, <laughs> pretty so, much, yeah, isn't that sad? So, so why should you expect anything different at this point? Not saying that you shouldn't complain about it, because you absolutely should, because, yeah, the build has been shit and lackluster and they should have done better. But at this point, yeah, it's good. It's, that's just the way it is, really, and just hope that the match is going to be good, which hopefully it will be. And I don't, I really don't know if they're going to change the title here because they really could put it on Tony Storm and yeah. that work out. So I really don't know which way the first one's going to go. Oh, I'm 100% going with Rosa retaining. I just did the prediction show with Sean Ross Sapp, and he brought it up too that they could potentially have uh, Storm win here if they were really bothered by the whole... Well, she sandbagged in the match with uh, Marina Shafir. But I think I'm going to play it safe and say no. But that is interesting that, hey, you never know, man. Maybe they could. I'm going to stick my neck out and say that Storm wins the title. And that this helps her transition into a point where either Britt Baker is, comes, becomes champion again down the road. Or this is the bridge between getting uh, the belt onto Jamie Hayter. Hmm. I was just like a straightforward of like, okay, Rose retains and it's just a good match in the end. Oh, yeah, <laughs> that, that, that's a very good possibility of that happening. I just, uh, I, I just think that they could, whether it would be not such a punishment, but like a, a consequence of the Rose. Like, and a, hey, we fit. thought we had something here. Yeah. Maybe we should pull it. Yeah. And Tony Storm is also like a big deal as well, and it would be a bit. She's already lost in the um, in the Owen Hart tournament, losing here as well. She'd basically be Ruby Soho if that happens. Like, okay, you you're at a certain level. If we don't we don't know. We could be all this could be completely irrelevant when Sasha Banks turns up in two or three months. Time. <laughs> Who knows? Well, <laughs> I mean, you're not lying. <laughs> yeah. Um. We have three more uh, matches on this card. We've got 
one of the matches that I'm looking forward to quite a bit. Anytime you put a belt on the line, it's already going to be interesting. If you put two belts on the line at the same time, then you really got my attention, especially when it's got some kind of crossover potential, because somehow you're going to get somebody holding the ROH World Tag Team titles and the IWGP Tag Team titles, because it's FTR against United Empire and also against Rapongi Vice, who are, I'm assuming, taking the pin in this match. And this is very interesting because, I mean, FTR has the AAA titles too, right? Yep, they're going to yep. walk out with three belts. They yep. are well, definitely well, the ones I'm picking. Well, technically, at least on this very much night, they're going to walk away with two belts because they will not be allowed to present the AAA tag titles on this show because New Japan does not work with AAA. That's why they've been very... Um, it's been very deliberate with the fact that on every show they've appeared on so far, they're only holding the they're Ring of Honor tag team titles. I didn't even think about that, but you're right. Because of how petty this CMLL AAA bullshit is. It really is. Fucking stop. Yeah, I know. It's like 2022. It's not the 70s or 80s anymore. Like, Fucking you can actually... stop. Like, but, like This uh... is why we had Andrade or Penta or Phoenix on this show as well, which just, yeah, it's just utter bullshit. But this match will be a lot of fun because all the players involved are fun. It does strike me as a little bit odd that Rapongi Vice are in this, considering the fact that they don't have any title to bring to the party. Mm-hmm. Just feels like if it's a if it's a title unification match, it should be between two teams that are unifying titles, rather than the fact that there's one team in there that could take both titles without having to um, <laughs> put anything in, at stake in the process. Right? Yeah. Why do they get that? Is it like oh they've won so many tag team title matches in the meantime and the, the number one contender thing or something? They don't really seem like they're winning well, left they and right. So like, yeah, they, they, they never the, won the actual because the other titles. guys beat them up, so they get to say hey. They, they never won the IWGP tag titles when they were in New Japan. They only yeah. won the junior titles. I am fully expecting FTR pins somebody from Rapongi Vice. I'd, I'd think so. I mean, I mean that would just be... It's a super cool thing for FTR to basically... I think in one calendar year, they'll win every single tag title outside of... Like, obviously, the ones available in WWE. But pretty much, like, they're Ring of champions, they're AAA champions, they win this, they're IWGP champions, even if the reign is not particularly long, it's still something. And then you get a... They'll almost certainly win the AEW titles later in the year as well, I'd say. They're just so over at the moment. And there's something and, where they win the Impact ones. Yeah. I mean, it wouldn't, it wouldn't shock me if United Empire won the titles because they're on a bit of a hot streak at the moment, but... They don't need to be tag champions right now. Both Great O'Connor and Jeff Cobb are both going to be in the uh, G1, so they're going to be concentrating on singles action at the moment, so they don't need to worry about that. FTR can continue to be... like The G1 will take up a lot of uh, New Japan's attention, so it means they probably won't have... They probably won't have any tag title matches or programs until either towards the end of G1 or at the G1, like, after the G1. So FTR continue to hold the titles. I mean, maybe they can defend it on either New Japan Strong or in AEW against a couple of teams in the meantime. So they continue to... The, t- the title belts continue to maintain prominence, even though they're um, not being able to be defended in New Japan. So, yeah, it just makes all the sense in the world for FTR to win this. And it's this is a question of who's on loan. What is more likely that FTR has a deal in place where they've been working the AAA stuff and they'll go and they'll do this and whatever, 
that they would potentially go over and wrestle for a new Japan show, or what I'm assuming is the less likely option that uh, Great Khan and Jeff Cobb are going to be popping back over to the United States to do stuff for an AEW ROH show. I think the FTR thing makes a lot more sense. Yeah, especially if United Empire are in the, uh, and going to be distracted by the G1 for the next like month or so. And that means that uh, it, it means that if they are planning on doing this Ring of Honor show, which apparently is in the works for sometime in July, they would likely want to have their tag titles defended on that show. And if they're distracted or can't be taken away because they've got G1 matches coming up, mm. then it means that, yeah, the safest bet is to keep it on FTR. Who do you guys think, as far as Rapongi Vice, if they take the pin, who do you think is going to be the one that takes the pin? Rocky, of course it's Rocky. Absolutely is Rocky. Okay, that makes three of us. <laughs> Just to be sure. Um... All right, so we got two that matches that could be the main event in all um, matter of speaking, but I'm assuming not the main event is going to be the four-way for the IWGP World Heavyweight Championship. You got Jay White, who said he was not going to defend against Adam Cole or Hangman Adam Page, and that or is changing to an end, and then there's also a plus (laughs) with uh, it's not just Cole, it's not just Page, it's also Kazuchika Okada who we were assuming was not going to actually be on this card. And that's a, it's a great surprise that that's the case. Cause this match is probably going to rule. You put this on paper and it seems like, uh, you know, the biggest smart marks boy dream, like Okada. First of all, I want to say showing up on dynamite. He belongs in any ring. Like some people cross over and they don't look right in a certain ring. Okada looked great. He looked like he belonged. And I'm really excited to see what happens here. I'm going to guess that Switchblade wins by pinning Cole. But That's what I'm thinking exactly. That he pins but Cole. Maybe Okada wins. I don't think Pedro or Cole have a chance. And my number two for it is Okada, too, because I'm like, well, you know what? Maybe there's a chance they switched the title to begin with so that they could be like, yeah, look at that. We're switching it back. And there's this big title change or whatever. But I don't think it's necessary because we already know that we're going to get the interim world title match. So I am leaning much more towards Jay White pinning Adam Cole. And I think if there is a Forbidden Door 2, that that might be one of those um, trigger moments where it's like, okay, well let's do bullet club against the undisputed elite and have Jay white and Adam Cole on separate sides. So I, yeah, this match is going to rule all kinds of, yeah, it's just going to be amazing. It's just going to be, it is going to be an interesting dynamic because Jay white and Okada, New Japan don't do many multi-man matches. Same with Ishii and the other four way match. It's, it's really interesting to see how they take this type of, match layout because it's not something they'll be used to jay white less so than okada because jay white has worked multiple other places and okada yeah it's just awesome that he's gonna be on the show because i thought that he might have been missing out and it means that we get to see him we get to hear the coin drop get to see him work the match with all these guys and that'll be great and jay white's great and page and cole are both we all we know how good they are as well so 
I'm imagining I, I'd be hugely surprised if this isn't a match of the night for me, just based on the players involved. I think Jay White should retain because he just won the title and it's very it'd be very weird if New Japan just decided to swap the title just so they could have somebody else win the title on this show. It's obviously not gonna be either Page or Cole because they would very much probably like to have the IWGP champion represented in the G1. Mm-hmm. So that's how they'll do it. Interesting thing about the G1 is that Kazuchika Okada is probably the fav- the hot favourite to win block A, whereas Jay White is the hot favourite to win block B, which means they would face each other in the semi-finals. And so that's interesting as well because the likelihood in that scenario would be that Okada would win because you probably wouldn't have Jay White, the champion, win the G1 because the winner of the G1 faces or gets the main event the Wrestle Kingdom. So I think that that's a good possibility that we see Okada be White in that scenario. So you just have White retaining the title here. Having pin Cole is the most likely outcome. And yeah, that can start a fractures between the Bullet Club and the Undisputed Elite. You can start to try and uh, tie all those stuff in. Maybe just this could be one of the seeds being employed to the eventual implosion of the Bullet Club as an entity in the coming years or so. I imagine it won't last. Uh, well, who knows? Bullet Club's lasted way longer than probably most people expected, but I don't imagine it will last another five years or so. But this could be one of the triggers to a feud between these two kind of warring factions within Bullet Club. You have eventually have Kenny Omega come back and the Young Bucks probably side with him. And then you've got Cole and Fish and O'Reilly. So they form like two factions within that as well. It's just going to be all out war between all these different sides of the Bullet Club until the faction itself ceases to be. I'm definitely down for it. Oh, yeah, definitely. And I'm super down for this match i think yeah if they're given time which i'm sure they will be then this is going to be an epic yeah i'm looking forward to that match more than i am the main event or i'm assuming what the main event's going to be of hiroshi tanahashi against john moxley but that's you know without saying i'm still looking forward to that match because not only is that a match that i haven't seen but it's also for the interim aew world championship so there are legitimate stakes involved instead of it just being a single smash for the sake of it. And Hey, you know, let's counterbalance the X amount of these guys win and X amount of those guys win. And then that's why you get to that at the end of the night. I'm still hoping foolishly that Tanahashi wins. I think it's a much more interesting scenario. If we end up with a guy from predominantly new Japan as our interim AEW champion. And I think it makes more sense to have Tanahashi go up against CM Punk and do that kind of thing. But I, I, as much as I'm hoping that that's the case, I don't believe it whatsoever. <laughs> I think that this is a uh, forcing a uh, conclusion that this is John Moxley winning this. Neither scenario is bad. You know, I agree with you. I think Tanahashi winning is cooler. And I think that it adds to the lineage of the AEW title. If you can say, well, you know, Tanahashi was our interim champion, but I do think that it'll be Moxley, and Moxley should get the chance to defend in front of people because he didn't get to before. <laughs> that sounds so sad, but it's true. 
yeah, I think there's very slim chances of Tanahashi getting the victory. The match itself would be very good. I know Moxley's wanted to have this match for a long time, so I'm sure he's going to go all out in it. And Tanahashi, even at his advancing years and as injuries creep up on him, can still put on a really great match when the bell rings and just like for for that period of time, for those 20, 30 minutes that they'll be wrestling, it's just going to be like, yep, just the another day in the office for Tanahashi and it will just be excellent. Uh, but the fact of the matter is that Tanahashi is going to be at the G1. It means that he will be in Japan, like completely occupied for between uh, the second half of July all the way through to the end of the first half of August. There is no way that AEW will have their interim world champion be occupied and away from the company for that long because if that's the case, they're going to need an interim interim uh, AEW world champion <laughs> to cover them in the meantime. So, yeah, this is a pretty much full conclusion. It's mean that Mox is going to win, but the match itself, I'm sure, will be excellent. Yeah, it would be kind of weird if it's like, hey, let's have the uh, the champion can't really show up and defend that title all that often, so let's put another person in there. And then on top of that, that person's not able to show up, and then it's like, yeah, you didn't learn anything from the Roman Reigns situation. You're just going to have the title on somebody who can't pop up. That's a little bit strange. But... um I uh, I'm looking forward to this pay per view. I think that this is not, of course, exactly what we would have done if we had full creative control and everybody was able to participate and there weren't any injuries and everything. But I'm still interested. It's a bonus pay per view more than anything, and yeah, it's not a a plus card, but it still should be a lot of fun. Um super excited about this i mean as i say there are other matches that i'd want to see but i've I've, like tempered my expectations this being like this is the start and there will be more to come there will be more matches there'll be more opportunities to do some really cool stuff and recognizing how injuries have hit this card and how things have like just like gone against AEW outside their control i think they've still cobbled together an excellent show I'm sure it will go. It will go great, and yeah, very much looking forward to it. Yeah, it should be a lot of fun, and I think that they've managed to put the best part, the best card possible. I want to figure out some sort of when one door closes, another one opens pun, but I can't think of it. <laughs> so I guess uh, take that for what you can, because another door will open later on this week with the pay per view point post show coming up after the event. Which, based off of the I way that, to be on uh, those, which is so sad. So, in case I'm not, uh, yay Cesaro, probably. <laughs> Depending on how they book this compared to normal AEW things, it'll probably end at like three in the morning because <laughs> it takes uh, forever for these events. But in whatever fashion that it is, we'll be presenting you our thoughts and our review, our results, recap, and everything else that goes along with that. In the meantime, tell us your predictions in the comments below. What are you most excited about? What are you hoping you might see pop up here and there? Who's the mystery person going to be? Any other kind of thoughts you have, drop them in the comments below on YouTube. Or if you're listening elsewhere, go to either the uh, page on smartoutmoment.com or send us a tweet at smartoutmoment or at our personal accounts, which we'll tell you in a moment, or post something on Facebook, you know, facebook.com slash smartoutmoment. Just like and follow and favorite and subscribe and do all those good things that you would normally do for anything else that you want to support. Do the same thing for fanboysanonymous.com. I don't know what I'm doing next, but uh, 
We'll see. Uh, we just have way too many ideas. Series, man. Like I don't know. There's all that stuff. There's uh, seeing Black Phone tonight. So Caroline and I might do something based off of that. Not too sure. I with Kenobi, I've been getting a little bit of an itch to work a little bit more on my rewriting Star Wars that I have been working on. But then again, I still have that Power Rangers thing that I'm working on a lot. So. I don't I'm gonna know. Try to convince Tony to watch Beavis and Butthead with me. We'll see how that goes. <laughs> so just stay tuned to fanboysanonymous.com and show some love over to the blue brand. If you want to take advantage of the pick a poison tier over there, or, you know, uh, just, you know, help lend a hand in sharing the word and spreading around those different podcasts and whatever. And, uh, follow me at Tony mango and see what I'm cooking up elsewhere. Cause I got the WN stuff, got the BR stuff and whatever else is happening. I did tweet out one thing about the, uh, the Kenobi, finale so if you wanted to check that out and you want to know a little bit of a spoiler or my thoughts on the missed opportunity go check out my twitter at tony mango and check out what these guys have going on as well rob yeah you can follow me everywhere at dude felice uh check out the eventual dudefelice.com and just stay clicking stay following check me out on fightful.com check out my uh the predictions that i just did even though you just heard him, check on that again with Sean Ross Sapp. Much different. And, you know, just keep supporting me, and I thank you always. Callum? Find me on Twitter at Wigmeister14. Check out all the stuff that's going out on the Smart Commander website. The Power Rankings is my week-to-week contribution. Check out that, see who's riding up the rankings, who's top for every single week. Keep following the league table that uh, updates every single week. And you can also find the Fantasy League both there and at wwefantasyleague.com where you can see how Tony is continuing to stomp the competition as, the, as it stakes. At least we know that Forbidden Door can't influence that one <laughs> yeah. way or the other. But uh, yeah, keep uh, following that along to see the latest updates. All right, everybody. Thank you for joining us for this double edition. If you like this, let us know. Maybe, maybe we'll do something more like that in the future. But um, whatever the case is, next week the plan is going to be after we get through the Forbidden Door stuff, we're going to talk about our pay-per-view point uh, predictions and post-show okay. for Money in the Bank. Probably do a traditional episode of the Hot Tags in between those two. And anything else that you'll see, you'll see it when we put it up there because that's uh, you know it's part of the process. <laughs> but in the meantime, enjoy your Thursday night or your Friday or whenever you're listening to this, stay safe, be a good person. And we will see you next time, everybody. For now, this has been another smart out moment and we are being counted out.